Hello and welcome to In Conversation With, a podcast from The Lancet Neurology. It's June 2023 and I'm Jonathan Blott. In this episode, I'm joined by three authors, Professor Benzi Kluger, Dr. Claire Kreutzfeld and Dr. Milena Sumral, who have written a review that looks at the role of palliative care in addressing the needs of individuals with neurological diseases. To start, please can you tell me a bit about what led to this review? Sure, happy to. Um, in, a, in a nutshell, it seemed like there was a, a really a need to update and refresh our approach to palliative care for neurology. So if we step back and think about it, that in neurology we see some of the worst diseases in medicine, uh, brain cancer, Alzheimer's disease, uh, stroke, ALS, um, and yet we're not integrating and incorporating palliative care from the get-go. And, and I think there's huge opportunities to improve care and things that we could do immediately. Um, and so I felt some urgency to getting this out there. Um, so when we put the paper together, we really wanted to update the framework for palliative care so that we had a framework that fit neurology and that fit the needs of people with neurologic illness. Um, I think the second big thing is that there is now a huge amount of evidence supporting that there are palliative care needs in people living with neurologic illness, and there's an increasing amount of evidence that people with neurologic illness are benefited by palliative care approaches. And so we thought it was worthwhile for the larger neurology community to see how we're able to achieve better outcomes. And then the last thing we wanted to highlight areas where palliative-informed educational, clinical research, and policy efforts could make a huge difference in improving care. Um, and I think, you know, over time, most societies kind of have a bias towards focusing on a cure, but there's a lot we can do today to improve care for people living with neurologic illness in their families. Absolutely. And, and in your paper, you refer to neurological disease as a cause of multidimensional suffering. So please, can you explain this term and, and give a few examples of how palliative care can address the needs of the, uh, these patients with neurological diseases? Yeah, absolutely. So, so this idea that neurologic illness causes multiple dimensions of suffering is, is really central uh, to this article. And we wanted to get rid of the jargon of palliative care and, and just focus to start with uh, on suffering, which I think people can relate to. And to think about palliative care in terms of preventing and ameliorating suffering. So if we use Parkinson's as an example, um, we know that people with Parkinson's experience hopelessness. Uh, they have threats to their identity because of Parkinson's. They have threats to their relationships. Uh, they have anxiety about what their future holds. There's numerous invisible symptoms such as pain or fatigue that aren't often recognized in routine care. Um, and we also know that we don't do a great job when it comes to end-of-life care for people with Parkinson's. Um, on top of that, we know that integrating palliative approaches uh, can address or prevent many of these sources of suffering for patients and families. And I'd like to turn things over to Melina to share her own personal experiences with neuropalliative care. Hi, nice to be with you. My husband was in late stages of Parkinson's disease dementia when we were fortunate enough to be referred to one of the only neuropalliative clinics in the United States. After having care that was at times inadequate, we felt like we had hit the jackpot. So many issues were never addressed, even when we would bring them up. My husband had to retire earlier than he wanted because of his cognitive decline. At the same time, he was becoming much more limited physically. The sense of loss that he felt was enormous. My role was becoming more and more challenging physically, mentally, and emotionally. In spite of how prominent these issues were in our lives, they were not discussed until we found palliative care. Our first appointment with the team was the first time in 14 years that someone actually asked me how I was. I almost cried when I heard those words. With palliative care, all these issues and more were on the table, with team members ready to listen and help us with those issues. The neuropalliative physician asked lots of questions that we'd never heard from a medical provider, 
and he made us feel safe sharing our concerns. With that information, he was able to guide other team members' encounters with us. My husband's hopelessness and loss of meaning were expertly addressed by the spiritual counselor. My feeling of being overwhelmed was the social worker's focus. Her warmth and kindness provided relief, and her suggestions and resources were invaluable to me. When my husband reached the stage where quality of life was the only issue, hospice was ordered. Because of that, my husband was allowed to die at home with me at his side. That was a priceless gift. Thank you, Marlena. And maybe I can just also add yet another perspective in neurology um, with the sudden neurologic catastrophes like stroke, traumatic brain injury, or cardiac arrest. Um, because these patients and families also face distinct challenges that are often not met under current models of care. So if we imagine in the acute setting, families are usually not prepared for this fast-paced environment in which they have to make decisions about goals of care, often in the setting of immense uncertainty. And there's rarely space for grieving or for considering spiritual or existential distress, let alone for developing a trusting relationship with the clinician. And then even well after hospital discharge, treatment decisions, emotional roller coasters and questions about prognosis continue without any kind of support in place. I have to say uh, thank you to Melina there in particular for sharing that important personal story. So looking back at the paper uh, in which you highlight that many individuals with neurological disease do not receive this necessary palliative care support, um, exactly as you were discussing. Um, but what are the key barriers or challenges that contribute to this gap? And how can we overcome these to ensure adequate palliative care for this population? Yeah, there, there, there are a number of uh, barriers and gaps. I think one of them actually is, is the term palliative care. Um, and there are a number of uh, misconceptions. You know, a lot of people conflate palliative care with hospice, with end-of-life care. Uh, people are waiting for the right time. And so one of the big hopes from this paper is to kind of reset people's mindset on what palliative care actually is, which is an approach to care that can help people with quality of life throughout their illness. Um, a big barrier is education. Um, so neurologists, uh, geriatricians, and others who care for, for people with, with neurological illnesses often aren't trained. Um, in palliative care, and they're not routinely integrating uh, palliative approaches into their care. Um, you know, sometimes uh, they, they get the un, unwanted or unintended message that palliative care is, is giving up, or and, and that's really not the case, that we do intensive care, aggressive care, but it's just with the goal of keeping people comfortable and keeping people at home. Um, on the flip side of that, palliative care doctors need to learn more about neurology, and, and we know that there are gaps in the palliative care people um, with, with not understanding, for example, how to manage Parkinson's medications towards end of life. Uh, there's also workforce issues, um, and this is true whether you're talking about uh, highly resourced countries like the U.S. or under-resourced countries, there's simply not enough palliative medicine specialists. And so we really need to think about uh, models of care uh, that integrate and, and take use of the whole workforce in addition to, over time, growing neuropalliative and palliative care specialists um, and lastly, there are systems issues, um, and this includes a uh, lack of support and lack of incentives for providing psychosocial and spiritual care. Um, in, in the United States, uh, where, where we're familiar with this, um, you know, one of the tragedies with hospice is that people are sometimes forced to choose between hospice and getting rehabilitative services. 
And maybe you could argue that makes sense for cancer, but it makes absolutely no sense for somebody with ALS or with Parkinson's disease where rehabilitative services are part and parcel of how we keep them comfortable towards the end of life. And you emphasize the, the integration of palliative care approaches and collaboration between neurologists and palliative care specialists uh, as being important factors in improving care for individuals with neurological diseases. So could you elaborate on how this collaboration can enhance patient outcomes and what steps can be taken to facilitate this collaboration within existing healthcare systems? Yeah, I can take that one. To me, integrating palliative care into neurology is, is incorporating palliative care principles into the care of people affected by neurological disease. And so this can mean actually several things. First of all, I think it means that we strengthen the primary palliative care workforce so that we educate and upskill all neurologists so that they can comfortably address common palliative care needs. Ask about a patient's values, their hopes and fears as they look into the future. Address physical symptoms, ask about psychosocial ones, and so on. It also means that we utilize other team members like social workers, chaplains, speech therapists, that can address the needs that arise when we effectively and proactively screen for palliative care needs, psychologists. And involving palliative care specialists also, like is also like one piece of into this integration. And it has to be done deliberately, just like Benzi said. And I think, I, I actually really believe that with increasing primary palliative care skills among neurologists, our referrals to specialists will be more effective, more targeted, more timely, um, and more collaborative. I, I could add to that just a little bit from, from my experience. Um, we're actually doing a, a large-scale project with the Parkinson's Foundation on making uh, palliative care a new standard of care for, for their Parkinson's Centers of Excellence. And, and two things that I think I've, we've found in that is, is one, is that people have resources that they didn't even know they had. Um, and so uh, from the, at the beginning of the study, there were kind of no palliative care for, for Parkinson's patients. And then within a few months, people started having conversations. They found outpatient palliative care and other palliative care doctors at their institution that wanted to work with them. And what I think is, is really cool is that these end up being uh, productive collaborations and there's mutual coaching that's happening. And so it's not a static thing that integration just happens, but that over time, the neurologists become better palliative care doctors by learning from their palliative care colleagues, and the palliative care doctors become better neurologists. And so you see this very cool evolution of programs over time where, where the quality of care uh, from both services is not only better integrated, but, but it's better in general. And that, that brings us nicely to our next question um, in terms of looking forward. And uh, what specific areas of research or interventions uh, do you believe are the most important to focus on or at the moment are the most promising um, in advancing palliative care for neurological conditions? Oh, I can think of so many areas specific to neurology where we need to focus our research on. Um, I, I do think that most clinical and translational neurologic research, um, research efforts and funding are, tend to still be a bit stuck around understanding and treating or curing a disease um, and we really also need research that goes beyond the disease and focuses on the people affected by it. So as an example for stroke, most of the research focuses on the first hours to days of the illness but um, and that's awesome and, and a lot has happened there but 
we really have no proven interventions to support patients and families as they're continually grappling with an uncertain recovery, with grief, adaptation, and treatment decisions over a really long time. So to your question, um, I think actually the, what we were talking about earlier today about integrating palliative care into neurology um, is spot on for, for research for research focus. Um, I think we need to investigate models of care that bridge this gap between palliative care specialists and neurologists and promote early integration of palliative care into the disease trajectory. So this in includes um, exploring effective collaboration, education, training initiatives, and of course, always um, better communication. So as we do that, as we develop and test targeted models of care, we need to make sure that we're truly targeting and assessing outcomes that are most important to our patients and families, and that these outcome measures are validated, standardized, and responsive to change. We also need to ensure that the models we're testing are cost-effective and implementable in the real world. Because if we show improved support and family well-being, but don't examine the economic implications, we'll have a hard time convincing policymakers and health systems to allocate their resources towards these models. I don't know if this might be something for another podcast, but I think we really have to see representation of diverse cultures and attitudes and approaches in palliative care research, and that's both nationally but also globally, in order for our results to be truly generalizable. Yes, uh, those will sound like excellent priorities. But lastly, and perhaps most importantly, uh, from a patient and family perspective, what are the highest priorities for these future efforts? From our perspective, first, greater access to neuropalliative care. There's limited access even in communities that are generally well-served by healthcare providers. For underserved populations and, and for countries with limited resources, the need is even greater. Increasing access will require that medical professionals as well as team members in various professions receive education about this model of care. Uh, also, patients and family members and indeed the general public need to know uh, about neuropalliative care and to get education, its benefits, where to find it, and how to use it to their advantage. In cases where such care is unavailable, patients and families need information about how to advocate for themselves by communicating openly with their providers and asking for resources and referrals if necessary. In order to promote greater understanding among all involved, we need opportunities outside the clinic for patients, families, and providers to share their needs, their expectations, and goals. We've got to find a way to develop opportunities like that. And finally, this kind of echoes one of Claire's points, more research about late-stage needs is a must. There is very little available in this area, and late-stage needs can be quite different and much more complex. We must find and employ methods that allow such people to be included. And before we finish, is there anything else that anyone wanted to highlight I would just, uh, you know, for, for listeners who are really interested in this, who, who we pique their interest, uh, I would uh, extend a warm welcome uh, to check out the International Neuropalliative Care Society. 
Um, so we, we, the International Neuropalliative Care Society, or INPCS, has been around now for about three years, and, and we're really at the beginning point of a new field of, of neurology, a new subspecialty. Um, this is an area where we have very purposefully made it international. We invite palliative care doctors, neurologists, geriatricians, pediatricians, chaplains, social workers, because addressing suffering is really everybody's responsibility, and we really want to get all viewpoints, all stakeholders at the table and so we'd love to ha have listeners who are interested check us out. We have a, a, an in-person meeting coming up in the fall um, and, and, and really just welcome uh, people's energy and enthusiasm to this uh, very important cause. Well, that's great. Thank you all so much for your time. I'd like to thank Professor Benzi Kluger, Dr. Claire Kreutzfeld, and Dr. Milena Sumrall for taking part, and thank you for listening to this Lancet Neurology podcast. The review that we discussed is available online at thelancet.com. And please remember that in conversation with The Lancet Neurology is available wherever you usually get your podcasts. Mm -hmm.